stand with us as we open in worship. Got a brand new song for you. You may have heard it on the radio. Sing along with us, The House of the Lord. Amen. 
Thank you, worship team, for that encouraging song this morning. Isn't that awesome that we can come to the house of the Lord together? Amen. We were beggars, but now we're forgiven. That is a wonderful, wonderful thing to be. Welcome to Sunset Hills Baptist Church. We're so glad to see each and every one of you guys here this morning. Uh, whether you are two, three, or a hundred or two or three, there's joy in the house of the Lord today because we're together. Um, if you're joining with us on our live stream, we're so happy that you're with us as well. Um, as we continue to worship the Lord this morning, we want to let you know if there are any guests here this morning, this is your first time. Maybe you don't even know why you're here. Maybe you just kind of drove by and thought, well, I'll check this place out. We're glad you're here. And we hope you don't leave this morning uh, until we get a chance to get to know you just a little bit better. So we hope that you will stop at our welcome desk on the way out so we can just say hi and get to know you a little bit better and, and let you know that God loves you. All right? It's good to be here. It is good to be here. Good to see this row of, of young, uh, young energetic kids here in the front row. Worship team, continue to lead us. Yeah. 
Sandy. 
bring from above echoes of mercy whispers of love and this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the day long yes this is my story this is my song praising my savior all the All is at rest I am my Savior And happy and blessed Watching and waiting Looking above Filled with His goodness Lost in His love Yes, this is my story This is my song Praising my Savior All the day long This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long, yes, praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. Pray with me this morning. God, my prayer today is that we truly can say that, that God, our recognition of your love, as we sang about, is the story that we can sing all the day long, God, the song of uh, just praising you, God, for the way that you've shown favor in our lives and goodness, Lord. Lord, I just pray that we just wouldn't be in the routine today of, of, just, of just plowing through these words that you inspired men to write, but that, God, we would place these words against our heart and our lives and, and ask ourselves, God, what do I think about all of these words that I just proclaimed? Lord, do I believe all of these words? God, I hope that answer is yes today. Because God, you've been so good and gracious to us. And God, even if we sang your, your praises for eternity, God, it wouldn't compare to the love that you have for us and that you've shown. For you see, God, we were all destined for a fiery pit called hell. But Lord, you gave your very best. You gave Jesus so that we would have a hope in this world and a hope for eternity with you. And for that this morning, we're grateful. It's in his name we pray, amen. You may be seated. I hope you're as excited to stay in here as they are to leave. <laughs> Several years ago, we were having a fall festival at our school when we had a school and back in those days. And in those fall festivals, we would always try to raise money through the Parent Teacher Association or organization to do things around our school building. And raised quite a bit of money through the years. It was one of those times that uh, we had this special thing that came to the school that people could uh, take a ride on 
And I had learned that I did not need to be on those, that particular ride because I suffer from a deal called vertigo. And some of you all suffer from that as well. Anybody else besides me, you've experienced vertigo before? It is a nasty feeling. Well, Kelly Farmer decided that he would uh, raise some more money by putting me on this thing, this, what's it called? A, 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 a gyroscope. It's got like rings of things that turn every which way and you fit inside of it sort of like this and they strap you in and you're going sideways and upside down and every which way possible. And uh, when I got off of that thing, I was in bed with vertigo for the next week. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> so when he said that we were putting you in a dunking machine uh, tonight, it was my mind flashed back to that particular point of how such a friend he is to me. We will be doing that tonight. We will be gathering at, I think, at 5 o'clock. I think the bulletin says 6. But at 5 o'clock, we'll be having our super-saturated Sunday that we tried to have last week, but the rain was scared us off, so I'm not sure what we'll do tonight if the rain holds off. We will come in, and we'll have an opportunity to... Um, have some food and fellowship, and we encourage you to come, and there's activities uh, are, are fun. For every age, you, you don't have to be young just to come. If you want to come and get into the kiddie pool with the little kids, just make sure you wear a bathing suit, okay, and, uh, and other activities. But I say all that to say that we encourage you to come, but also this morning I am fighting vertigo. And I haven't been on the, what'd you call it? Gyroscope yet. So I, uh, if, I, if I'm holding on to the pulpit a little bit more than I normally do, you'll know why as I'm, the room is spinning as I look from up and down and every which way. For the past several weeks, I've focused on a particular song or a hymn as a theme to build the sermon around. Many of you have shared uh, different opinions about those songs that uh, we that we have focused on. And I think uh, so far two or three of them have been hymns, and one was a secular song. Particularly last week, uh, many of you really after the service or during the week, you have made comment about the particular song that we used called "Farther Along." And some of you even said that that's one of your favorite songs. I've even had a few folks who came up to me and said, you want this sang at your funeral? Okay, well, okay, you need to tell your family that. Um, we just hope it's not going to be sang too soon, right? Yeah. Today I choose yet another favorite hymn of Ode. It was written by a woman that no doubt you've heard her name before. And you have for sure sung many of her other hymns that she has written, maybe not even knowing it, because she actually wrote 
under a lot of different names. It's, it's, it's believed that, that Fanny Crosby wrote as many as 9,000 different hymns, so many that she was forced, as I said, to use different names, uh, showing her authorship, uh, pen names, because the hymn books would have been just too full of her name, Fanny Crosby, that other authors may have felt slighted by that. Among them are some of the hymns that are most famous. All the way my Savior leads me. To God be the glory. You know that one. To God be the glory. He goes on. Great things he hath done. Pass me not, O gentle Savior. I love that song. It's been sang many, many times as an invitation hymn. Safe in the arms of Jesus. And I'm not as familiar with that one as I am this one. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. And then maybe one of my favorites is Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross. In an article by Christianity Today, it had this to say about Fanny Crosby. She was born in Putnam County, New York, and she became ill within two months. Maybe you've heard this history before about her. Unfortunately, in that time that she was... Uh, uh, ill as a baby uh, her family doctor was away and another person was summoned that was pretending to be a certified doctor he treated her by prescribing hot mustard poultices to be applied to her eyes and because of that even though she was able to get over the illness it blinded her for life and when she was only six weeks old. It was later revealed that that doctor was a quack and he just disappeared. A few months later, after all of this happened, her father passed away. Her mother was forced to find work as a maid to support the family, and she was raised by her Christian grandmother. She had an incredible love of poetry early, and her first verse written at age, get this, eight years old, echoed her lifelong refusal to feel sorry for herself. And she wrote this, Oh, what a happy soul I am, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't to weep and sigh because I'm blind. I cannot and I won't. What a... What an inspiration. She enjoyed this poetry, and she, but that wasn't all she did. She meticulously memorized the Bible. It said that she memorized five chapters a week. Even as a child, she could recite the Pentateuch, the Gospels, Proverbs, the Song of Solomon, and many Psalms, chapter and verse. And by the age of 23, Crosby was addressing Congress and making friendships with presidents. In fact, she knew all the chief executives of her lifetime, especially grew close to Grover Cleveland, who was a secretary on the board at one of her schools. She lived until she was 1890, uh, until 1897, dying at the age of 94. And I think it's important to share so much about this woman's life because knowing the hardships and the success 
that she had really lends credibility to the poems and the hymns that were written. So one of her most famous hymns that I want to speak about this morning is called Blessed Assurance. Would you pray with me, please? Blessed Assurance, Father. I pray that not a single person within the sound of my voice would leave this place without that blessed assurance that this servant of yours who overcame so much in her lifetime yet had such a positive attitude that we can look to and say, help us to be like her, who in turn wanted to be like Jesus and wrote so much about him and that relationship. May we have that same assurance that Fanny Crosby had in our relationship that blessed assurance. Father, I just pray for this time, take away this vertigo that, that I have got going on in my mind, and don't let that be a hindrance. And Father, I pray that there not be a hindrance to any message, any word that you want to, to be heard today in each of our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name, and all the church said, Amen. Assurance. We all want it. And it seems like we go to great lengths to try to have it. I mean, we just think about the assurance that we want in life. Simple things like we want to make sure our foods are safe and uncontaminated. Just recently, I wanted the assurance that the heart doctor who did my surgery was competent. I really needed that assurance. I, I checked him out before I went underneath his knife. We want the assurance that our jobs are secure. I find it interesting this week that a local company by the name of Assurian, get that, Assurian, an insurance and tech repair company, they're laying off hundreds of their employees. So much for assurance, right? In their life, it's not such a sure thing when you're losing your job. Life insurance, we, we, we take that out. I mean, we, we, we spend money, countless millions of dollars in the life insurance come, uh, business. We have several people that are involved in that in our own church, and they're glad you spend your money, right? But here's the thing about that. Even if you have it, it's only temporary, in fact, if you have it on yourself, you're not even going to get to use it. Isn't that a fun thought to think of, right? You spend all that money and it goes to somebody else. When you stop and think about it, what in life is a sure thing? Not much. What can you really count on? We've all heard it said that uh, nothing is certain except death and taxes. Yeah, kind of leaves you depressed, doesn't it? Think about that. What'd you learn at church this morning? That same old thing that people say forever, nothing certain but death and taxes, right? And that may be true. But as Fanny Crosby wrote, we can have blessed assurance. And I should get an amen on that. For anyone who is a believer in Christ, we have assurance in Jesus. Now, 
doesn't that sound so much better? Death, taxes, and Jesus, that's so much better, isn't it? Those are sure things. That's hopeful. The first two are offensive, but the last is assuring. We have assurance in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 10, follow along with this, says this in verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have this, here's another word for assurance, confidence. Since we have this confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain, that is, his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with, watch this, with full, say it with me, assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. With pure water. Let us hold, here it is again, let us hold unswervingly. Don't you like that word? I really like that word. I don't feel so, uh, I, I feel like I'm swerving all over the place this morning, right? With this vertigo. But I can have this unswervingly, I can hold on to it, to, to the, the hope that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And then watch this, this, this is, I want to go back to verse 22 because this is where uh, Fanny Crosby kind of got her idea of blessed assurance from. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with a full assurance, that, that full assurance. We, we have not just assurance, but we have full assurance. For he who is promised is faithful. That's where the assurance comes from. So we go back to that first verse of that song. And it goes like this, blessed assurance. Can you say it with me? Let's just sing it, yeah? Come on, Kelly. We, we can do it without the music. Let's just sing it. Blessed assurance. Is that the right key? Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation. Purchased of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Blessed assurance, it says. And the next line goes like this, Jesus is mine. You know, I guess I've sung this hymn hundreds of times in church without truly recognizing the magnitude of these words. That phrase that says, Jesus is mine. It's a powerful statement. Not that I get a chance to own Jesus or have ex exclusive rights to him, but it, 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 it proclaims that I have a, an intimate relationship with Jesus like maybe this when I say my wife you know that's a that says a, when I when I use that statement in, in somewhere I say my wife I she doesn't belong to me I don't own her but when I say my wife it becomes very personal it becomes very intimate 
When I say my children, it, it, I don't own them, especially the ages that they are now, but that doesn't take away the fact that I still have an intimate relationship with my children. That, that's what it's saying. Jesus is mine. There's not really anything in this life that I can truly say is mine and take it with me. Now, I have a lot of stuff that I value. I value my house. I value a lot of antique furniture that we have in our home that's been handed down through generations. Just come to my house sometime, and I'll tell you about all of those things I have. I, I, I value my tools. I purchased a lot of them. I, I'm doing a project right now, a bathroom renovation, and I told Lynn on Friday, it sure is nice to be able to, to, when I run up against a challenge, that I have the tool that I need to accomplish the task. What I was really saying to her, I'm grateful you let me spend all the money to buy the tools, you know. But I value my tools. Some people have uh, uh, bought tools for me by giving me gift cards uh, that I use to purchase them with. Uh, usually, I write a thank you note when somebody gives me something like that, and I will say, hey, I, I, I'll be adding to my tool collection. That's what I like to do with gift cards, keep them coming. <laughs> by the way, my birthday was day before yesterday, if you missed it. My children buy me tools. As far as materialistically items, I probably value my tools more than just about anything else I have. But when my time comes, you won't see them burying me with my toolboxes. It just won't happen. I can't take them with me. I can't take the projects that I built with me from those tools. I can't take the house that I've worked on with the tools that I have. I can't take my cars with me. I, well, nobody would want my cars anyway, but you know. I can't take any money with me. I can't even take my wife of 39 years we celebrated yesterday with me. Well. I noticed you applaud 39 years, but you didn't applaud my birthday of 65 years. Well, there you go. Really and truly, I'm grateful I'm here for the 65th birthday, because there was a chance I wouldn't be. But here's the thing about it. If I, my life had ended that day that I had heart surgery, The only assurance I would have had on that day, the only assurance that I'll have when that day comes, and when this life is over is this, that Jesus is mine. And that is more than sufficient. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And then it goes on, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine the fact that we have that intimate relationship with him gives us it gives us a glimpse of what's ahead have you ever experienced a foretaste just a glimpse of what's coming maybe you've dreamed of visiting a place where you've heard of that was beautiful 
you thought about it if you were like me maybe when you were a kid you looked through history books and you would see these pictures of places in our country especially that's like man I that's a cool place. I remember specifically looking at the Space Needle in Seattle, Washington. In my history book, I think it was in fifth grade, thinking, oh, one of these days I hope to visit and see that Space Needle. It looks like such a cool thing. And then I got the chance to do it. You, you dream about it. And you finally be able to do it. You discover that the pictures just couldn't do justice to the sheer beauty of what you've dreamed about. And you, even though you may have seen the picture of it, the lens just couldn't do justice to the, the splendor that you saw in person. And when you finally got a chance to do it, you just stand there in awe. What you imagined what you dreamed about. Those were just foretaste of glory that you're now able to see. Maybe if you've been there, you understand what it was that Fanny Crosby was writing about, uh, what she was hoping to be able to see, that blind person who could only have glimpses of Jesus described to her. Uh, she once had this encounter with another man. He, she, the, the, the man said, I think it is a great pity that the master did not give you sight when he showed so many other gifts upon you remarked one well-meaning preacher. And Fran Fanny Crosby responded at once, and she heard the comments before, do you know that if at birth I had been able to make one petition, it would have been that I was born blind? Said the poet, who had not been able to see for the only the first six weeks of her life. And here's what she's followed it with. Because when I get to heaven, the first face that shall ever gladden my sight will be that of my Savior. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Can you imagine how she must have felt when she saw the face of Jesus? Uh, the glory of God there are many encounters that reveal the glory of God an incredible sun, sunrise or a color bursting sunset the majesty of a snow capped mountain the, the gaping crevice that I've yet to see the, the Grand Canyon where water will force uh, thousands of, of, of cubic feet of earth to be moved a mile deep the moment a child is born and takes its first breath. Countless other ways that magnify the splendor of God and Actually, we get a chance to see that, not just as we wait for that time when we get to see the face of Jesus. We get to see the glory of God all around us every time he does something for you. Every time he answers a prayer or he's providing protection for you that, that you may not even know you needed, you are experiencing his glory, this foretaste of glory divine. 
And then the last line of that verse goes, heir of salvation. We are heirs of salvation, those who are believers in Christ Jesus. And have been purchased by God, born of His Spirit, and washed in His blood. I was doing a little bit of research on this, and I thought, you know, I was thinking of words that had something to do with being assured or sure. I came up with the idea, what is a surety bond? And I, I decided I needed to look that information up, and then basically it comes down to this. It's, it's a contract between two entities. If you would do this, then I would do this uh, between two parties. And there's some sort of insurance that you pay for that to happen. Blessed assurance is not based on what I can do. There's no I can, I will side to that surety bond. I became an heir of salvation because of what Jesus did. I, I became an heir to what he has, this assurance that he gives me through the blood of Jesus. I was purchased by God, born of his spirit, and how did that happen? Because I was washed in his blood. And each of these acts transforms me. It transforms for anyone who chooses to have it from where we were to where we are. His children, his servants. And to what we shall ultimately see, and that's him face to face. Salvation's been granted to us because God chose to purchase us with the blood of His Son, His own Son. Through Christ's blood, we've been born of the Spirit. And then I go to the last verse. I, I'm amazed, really. Kelly alluded to it in his prayer. I, I'm always amazed at how songwriters, or in this case a poem, a poet, is a, able to capture... Uh, incredible statements in such a short sentence where she writes perfect submission listen to this all is at rest I and my Savior I and my Savior am happy and blessed watching and waiting looking above Filled with his goodness, lost in his love. There's probably not a better description of what our relationship with Christ looks like than what's perfectly stated in this verse. The term of condition for blessed assurance. Now get this. It's called this, submission. Perfect submission. You know and I know what you have to do in order to receive that. It's submission. Our submission releases our strong will over to Him. I, I submit myself to you. When we submit, we're saying that I may think I know better, but I am yielding to what you know, Jesus, that in spite of what I think, I'm willing to do it your way. 
James 4, 7 tells us to do this. Submit therefore to God. Now there's another side of that when we do it. I don't want to leave it out, but I want us to really focus on the first part. Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And I'll cover that in just a minute, but I want you to consider this thing. By submitting to Christ, we begin to rest in Him. He, we, we turn over our worries to Him. We, we, when we're going through trials and tribulations, we, we say, God, I'm submitting this to you, and I'm saying, you take care of this. When you submit, you're, you're able to stop worrying about everything because you know that He's walking with you. Just like the words say, Jesus is mine, he's walking with me. And that puts me in a position to where when I submit to him, I know that there's protection. I know that I can find comfort and peace, and there's joy awaiting us. But it's only when we do this, when we get to the point of what she said, that we're able to say, I in my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with His goodness, lost in His love. I want you to just take that just for a minute. Think about that. So much in this sentence. I and my Savior am happy and blessed. Happy, satisfied, a satisfied state of emotion. Blessed, a, a state of being favored by God. Watching on the lookout for the promise of his return, waiting, because you know, because I know that he's coming back and he's going to make good on his promise, looking above, looking beyond myself to God to say, God, you're the one that's above everything else. You're the one I place my hope in. You're the one I place my trust in, filled with his goodness. To fill. Do you know how much filled is? Filled is running over. It's running over, as she says, with the goodness of God, lost in his love, completely consumed in a state of mutual admiration and infatuation with each other. I can't even come close to describing what lost in his love is. Lost in his love means that I have found this protection, I've found this comfort, I've found this peace and joy that I can't find in anyone or anything else. I'm lost in his love. Now I think about this, the words of this last verse, and I combine it with what James is saying when I submit to him. There's that side benefit that comes along that the devil's always going to try to interfere with that. And the, Bible, and the verse says that resist the devil and he will what? He will flee from us. That does not mean he will not return, but he will flee because we have submitted and we're under the care of God. What she's telling us is that in Christ she's happy. Imagine from her life resting in the, in, in the blessed assurance of knowing that Jesus was her. I think that you could not write 9,000 hymns without a focus on Jesus. When you're focused on Jesus, you begin to lose all track of the problems in your life. When you're focused on Him, you're not necessarily conscious about what's happening around you. You're so wrapped up in Jesus that 
You feel his protection in his arms, and you feel the love that he has for you. All you can feel is the goodness that comes from being in his presence. Have you ever been there? Really and truly, I'm asking you. Have you ever been in that position of lost in the presence of Jesus? That's a good place to be because you don't have to worry about the attacks of Satan. He's trying to get you off focus. Your focus is someplace else. It's looking above. You're looking to God. You're residing in Jesus. And when Satan tries to attack Jesus, fight your battle for you. The battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. You see, it takes us back to that place. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. And then we get to that last part, the chorus. The chorus of the song goes, this is my story. Oh, we sang it earlier. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. You see, it wasn't good enough just to say it once. She wanted to say it twice. This is my story. This is the song of my heart. I'm praising my Savior. It's not just enough to do it a little bit in the morning or a little bit in the afternoon. It's I'm praising Him all day long. When I was working on this sermon, I was struggling with what the title should be. Should I say, Blessed Assurance, or This is My Story? I chose and I settled on the song title. But the reality is this, blessed assurance cannot be attained unless it's part of my story. Now, I want to say that again because I think that's important. You cannot get this unless it's part of this. Is Jesus part of your story? That's what she's saying. This is my story. Praising whom my Savior she made him a part of her story. We all have a story. Some have referred to our story as the dash written on a tombstone. And the dash represents a story. Contained in that symbol of that dash are little-known details of the history of one's life that that, 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 that fails to record the majority of the people that the dates represent. I mean, you go and look on a headstone over here in the cemetery in Nolansville or any other cemetery, and you see that, and you see a, when a person was born. You see, when a person was died, you might even see the actual dates. But the, many of the details are never known 
only to family maybe, to friends. Most of the details of a person's life are insignificant, and some of uh, others may be very profound. They may have impacted a person's life or other people's life. That, that dash in between the date of birth and, 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 and the date of death, it's, over, it's an oversimplistic symbol that represents time. It represents a representation of something far more complex and interesting than just that little line. Here's the kind of cool thing about it, is no two stories are alike. We all have our own story, a personal story. Every one of those tombstones over there that has that dash, it's a personal story of a unique individual. Here's the thing, though. While all of them might be unique, there is a common thread or the possibility of a common thread that should be in all of the stories. And that common thread is Jesus Christ. And without Him, Jesus being a part of your story, the ending, the right side of that line, will be dramatically different from my side of the line, I assure you. You see, there are only two endings to our stories, whether we die with Jesus or without Jesus. All of what took place with the dash doesn't really matter if Jesus is not a part of your story, except to determine your eternal destiny. Where you will spend eternity, whether it's in heaven with Jesus or in hell without Him. And here's some good news. Jesus being part of your story, you don't have to wait until the right side of that date. He can be part of your story right now. We can stand up and we can sing this old hymn with vigor and excitement because of what we have access to, that this is my story. Jesus is a part of my story. I can sing the praises because I'm, I, I know what God has brought me through. I know what he's done for me. I know where he's taking me. Right now, this is part of my story. I'm telling my family this now. You can decide if you're going to do this or not when I'm gone. I won't know the difference, okay? You put on my tombstone when I was born, August 5th, 1957. And you can put on my tombstone the date that I die, whatever that is. I outlive all of you anyway, so, you know, it's probably going to be August 5th, 2057. I don't know. Whenever that happens. And you can put that dash in between the two, representing my life. But here's something I want to add to that. I want you to put three dots 
after that date of when I die. Because when we see dots written on a page, it means, that means that there's more coming. You see, my story does not end when I die. Those dots mean I don't know if I'll be singing this hymn that Fanny Crosby wrote in heaven, but I'll be singing something like it that says, Praising my Savior all the day long. Would you bow your heads in prayer, please? Help us to think about our story. To be able to experience right now the incredible fact that Fanny Crosby wrote about called Blessed Assurance. Blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Father, I pray that this is our story. This is my story. This is your story. Who are hearing this prayer. Not only the story for salvation... but to be at that place of perfect submission, a place that all is at rest, that I in my Savior, I'm happy and blessed. That we can be at that place of where we're watching and waiting, looking, looking above, Filled with your goodness, lost in your love. There's something here, Father, that's interfering with that. It, it, maybe it's someone who has yet to just say, Jesus is mine. That they are not an heir of salvation, but yet they're lost without you that they will see that one day their story will, in this life will end, and a new chapter will be, begin in new, eternity. And I pray that that eternity for them, that they would see that there's only those two choices, eternity with you and eternity without you, heaven or hell. Father, I pray that today, if that Jesus is not a part of their story, that they will give their life to you, that they will realize how much they need you and how much you love them and how you came to pay the price for their sin. And you gave them away through Jesus to become a part of their story. 
may they be obedient, surrender, submit their life to you. And Father, others of us who've already done that, maybe, maybe the story has grown stale in our lives and we've just, we've taken it for granted that relationship that we have. I pray that today we'll have a renewed revival the story would become fresh. We'd be able to sing this song and be for real about it, not, not just sing words, but know that the words have meaning, and they have meaning for our life. And we can proudly say, this is my story, this is my song because of what you've done, what you're doing in my life, because of the trials and the, the troubles that I'm facing, I'm still going to praise you. I'm going to praise you all day long. If there's something preventing us from that, Father, help us to make it right with you right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please stand and respond to God as He leads you to do as we sing. Come just as you are.
Coming up on men's uh, retreat, I had two things on my mind. So I was, <laughs> uh, first one I want to bring up is men's retreat. Uh, we've got a good number signed up to go. Uh, we'd like to have uh, several more. We've got plenty of room. Uh, we're not sleeping in tents or nothing, so let me just say if we have a really nice lodge, uh, several, a lot of rooms there, uh, so, so it's a nice, comfortable place to stay. And uh, we'd love to have uh, everybody that wanted to sign up and come. Uh, you can see uh, Danny or John in the back and uh, on your way out, and, or you can sign up on Realm. And uh, I know there's a whole bunch of you that's been there and have made a whole lot of friendships uh, through the uh, retreat. So uh, if you would like a taste of the fellowship uh, and a taste of some good food, Next Saturday is men's breakfast. Uh, we're starting that back up next weekend. So uh, if you want to get up on Saturday morning and come, we uh, with breakfast is at 7.59, and uh, we do that just because it's a precise number. <laughs> 8 o'clock, people you know, come and go. But 7.59 is when we start. Uh, usually have something good. Uh, I hadn't got with JJ yet. He usually comes up with something special, pancakes or donuts or something like that. But uh, you can come hang out with us. Uh, we open doors at 6, so that's when we start cooking. So if you want to come hang out fellowship from then till breakfast, that's fine too. Uh, we'd love to have you. So awesome. come Thank see you. us. In contrary, uh, in October, our student ministry is sleeping in tents. There won't be anything nice, but we're going to have a lot of fun, okay? So I expect you to be there. Uh, but we will this coming Wednesday. We're going to be invading uh, the Gordon's place over there and uh, for our pool party. It's our end of summer pool party. Um, and uh, so we're hoping that you'll be there for that. We're going to be meeting here at 6 o'clock. Hey, I do want to remind you about today. If you haven't already made plans today, please be here. The bulletin says 6. It's actually 5. So be here at 5 o'clock. There's going to be some really uh, great burgers with all the, the toppings and fixings. And uh, just a whole lot of fun. Uh, we're going to pray that the vertigo subsides. Because You said last week we're going to have EMTs here just for my heart. Yes. I, actually, let's change that. I need a lifeguard. <laughs> okay. 
I think, I think there's a, I have an extra pair of floaties in my house. Operating. I don't want you giving me mouth to mouth though, please. I'll just make that known right now. I am, I am certified. I am certified. Stand with us as we close in prayer. Lord, thank you for today, God. Thank you for your blessed assurance, Lord. And um, God, I just pray if there's one person here, God, that's just wrestling with knowing that they have that assurance, that God, they would not leave this building today uh, without speaking with someone that the Lord could just uh, assure them that God, it's not just a hope that we believe in, but that God, uh, with all of my heart, I know that when I take this last breath on earth, God, that I'm gonna be in the presence of you. Lord, I'm just uh, uh, so thankful for that. Lord, let us have a great time today of fellowship and let us honor you in everything that we do. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great weekend. Hi, good morning, this is Kelly. I wanna take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream. I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you. You know what, we would love to hear from you. If you're here today and you made a decision for Christ, or maybe you just have a simple prayer request, we would love to know about that. You can text the word prayer to 615-776-1807. One of our pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.